We got Dave the Snake Sabo from Skid Row with us on the Music Universe podcast. So how was this interview, buddy? Better than that hat. I think hey, you got the uh, hey, long... Uh... You, you pushed me. <laughs> you pushed me to go for this hat. You like the color. You like the bend on it. I it's did. Be- it's the wrong episode to be wearing it. I was doing something else where I had to wear the hat and I don't want to put it on the ground because the ground is dirty. So I was recording something before I popped into your Zoom room. I don't want to put it on the ground. Uh, And I'm going to a concert right after this where the hat is appropriate. So tell me about- Fair enough. So you interviewed the snake from Skid Row and quite ironically, we were on Skid Row in Las Vegas or in uh, Los Angeles. I mentioned that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Super cool guy. We chatted a little bit about everything. They've got uh, some tour dates coming up. They're glad to be back on the road as most artists are. They've also got a residency with the Scorpions in Vegas for nine dates this spring. And uh, we talk uh, about their recent uh, box set, The Atlantic Years, their forthcoming album, a good 30 minutes worth. And we ended it with talking about his relationship with John Bon Jovi. He's grown up with him practically and uh, been friends for like 45 years now and a really, really cool conversation. I do want to preface this. I don't know if people are tuning in and they're hoping that we'll talk about Sebastian Bach's involvement. Uh, I did not ask anything about that. He was very open about the band's past as far as like they don't deny anything. They, you know, but I didn't want to make anything awkward i didn't ask permission ahead of time if that was an okay question to see if they would ever reunite i know there's stuff circulating out there so it's completely skid row related as far as what they're doing and what they plan to do as well so i, I kept it really lighthearted, and uh, snake couldn't have been more cooler dave the snake sabo from skid row welcome to the music universe podcast how are you doing I'm doing great. And you pronounced my last name correctly. Not very many people do. Awesome. I'm glad. Well done. It's a good start. <laughs> hey, you know, it's always great when you start out pronouncing the artist's name correctly, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, glad you could join us. I know you're busy. You're prepping uh, some tour dates and uh, a new residency, and we're going to get to all that. Excellent. How have you guys stayed um, busy during uh, the pandemic? Let's just knock that out of the way. It it had its ebbs and flows, to be honest with you. Um, we would Rachel and I would collaborate via Zoom uh, as much as we could. Um, but we've never, you know, worked together in that sort of environment. So some good came out of it. Um, personally, I found it a bit difficult to be um, creative. Uh, a lot of people had 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 the exact opposite effect on them. They found that be they were very prolific. Uh, it didn't happen with me, to be quite honest. It would come in spurts where I go, oh, but then me with my mentality i got to a point where even if i was coming up with a bunch of stuff i felt that it was all crap you know like it just nothing was good uh i went from at first being embracing this idea of an elongated period of time that we would be for lack of a better term isolated Mm -hmm. but and then i i would be writing someone like oh this is cool and then it would dry up 
and it would dry up longer than I was comfortable with. So then I started forcing it and I wasn't, I wasn't buying into what I was coming up with. Mm -hmm. And so that was, that was difficult from a, you know, from a mental standpoint to, to reconcile. Uh, And then it's, it started showing signs of life. Uh, and then the more Rachel and I were able to get together, the more creativity flowed out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and ultimately, we were able to start, uh, got to a place where we could get in the studio and start working on the actual record. Uh, wow. And and we were able to utilize a bunch of those ideas for the record. So are you guys a band that, um, and I know everybody does it differently, but are you guys a band that writes like complete songs and then goes into the studio. Do you have the ideas like you're saying that you guys came up with zoom and then go in the studio and see what comes of it? Most of the time, Rachel and I have the skeleton of a song. Um, So we'll have, you know, uh, music, words, melodies, and a skeletal structure of what we're hearing. And then we bring it in and everybody makes it their own. Um, And everybody's always been really receptive to maybe us going, that's not quite what we were hearing on our head to also everybody else going, how about this idea from there? And it, and it always comes down to the best idea wins. So yeah. I think more so on this record than any other record, we absolutely all checked our egos at the door. Uh, we didn't bring that in. We were wide open. Everything was like this blank palette and we throw our stuff on there and then everybody would have at it as well. And that includes Nick Raskulinitz, our, our producer. We essentially took everything that we had uh, and deconstructed it and then reconstructed it. And it was mm. such a fulfilling process from a creative standpoint, because he was a, essentially challenging us, mm-hmm. uh, but in a way that you wanted to, for lack of a better, appease, not appease him, you wanted to rise to that challenge and show like you still have a lot to say within you as a musician, as a writer. And mm-hmm. that's the way... I think we all approached it. Like we were like, yeah, man, you're pushing us. And this feels really good. It's been yeah. a while, you know, it's good to know that, that you still have it within you to rise to that challenge after all this time, not just saying, okay, this is good. Good. Isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Like it had to be great in all of our eyes and ears. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, you guys just signed a new deal with Ear Music last year. Yes. The album's coming out. Do you have a release date and title yet? We have. uh, It looks like, as it stands now, September 16th. But we'll be coming out with new music. It looks like the uh, around the second, third week of March. Oh, okay. So you guys are going to kind of just put some singles out through exactly the, the year. And that seems like that's the new way of doing things, not necessarily um, album sales, you know, it's singles these days. How has that changed Skid Row's mind for, uh, or way of thinking, I should say, when it comes to albums? Are you guys, obviously you're releasing a new album, but is that something you guys are still prone 
to like always have to do or are you guys okay with doing singles here and there and then an album maybe years later in between well i think that the way that we're doing it now we we haven't done before and but we're i think we're at a stage in our careers and our lives where we're just really open to uh other viewpoints and okay, mm -hmm. so we're working with a new label. They obviously know what works for them better than we know what works for them. And we right. also know what works for us. And this this whole process has been about uh, kind of getting rid of uh, old ways of thinking and doing things and being wide open to what exists in the current uh, market and uh, what exists in the, in the current state of music. And so we want to embrace those ideas and some things, not everything's going to work for the way we work, but mm -hmm. we're definitely much more open on in every facet of, of the, from the creation of music to the releasing of the music. But we also are still, you know, we love the ritual of the process of opening vinyl or yes. the process of, of getting into a CD while Rachel and I were just talking about this last night, that oh, wow. it's it's still for us. There's still a big, that's uh, uh, still a big part of our love of music. Uh, mm -hmm. That process of the the ritual, like I said, of having that physical product in your hand and and putting it on a turntable or in a CD player, and I, I understand that that. You know, eighty percent of music and is is streamed these days, and and that makes sense. And I embrace that as well. I mean, that's how I listen to a lot of music. That's how I discover a lot of music, mm -hmm. uh, be it on on Spotify or YouTube or uh, Amazon. And it's great. I'm not one of those guys that condemns that that uh, those platforms at all. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's overcrowded. But I uh, and it's it's not as easy to discover music maybe as it used to be. Like I, I still harken back to the days of underground tape trading, which was great, yeah. and underground fanzines and things like that. And that was a great way to discover music. But you know, it's just it's different now, and 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 I welcome it. Um, I, I I don't lament the past. I I embrace. Uh, the now, and I also uh, still know what I love as a guy who just loves music. And that, oh, yeah. that's all, they can all work. They're not exclusive of one another. It can all right. work together. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm, uh, I'm one for physical media, too. I've got like 1,600 CDs and not so, wow. many, not so many vinyls, just more on CDs. But speaking of that discovery, do you feel that... Uh, like younger fans have found Skid Row thanks to these new technology, without a technological doubt. advances. Uh, I think it, yes, I do, and I also think that uh, I mean, with the advent of of you know TikTok now, and pe people just uh, uh, indulging themselves uh, ad infinitum. I think from from a Skid Row standpoint, we get that discovery process, but we also get the process of uh, parents passing it on to their children or older siblings passing it on to their younger siblings. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's that's how I discovered music early, early, early on. My brothers playing 
everything from Elvis Presley to Black Sabbath upstairs in 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 my mom's house, oh, and yeah. just how it was. I was exposed to everything, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be it uh, uh, whether it was Motown or or um, Muscle Shoals or or Southern Rock and and you know classical classic stuff like. Uh, uh, the crooners like Sinatra. And so I, uh, Procol Harum, you know, Humble Pie, uh, mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen, all these great things that uh, uh, in, influenced me uh, still to this day in the, in the songwriting process and, and just my appreciation of all music. You know, there's no, there was no genres. Like I didn't know right. that, Black Sabbath was heavy metal and, and Bruce Springsteen was, you know, Jersey Shore or whatever. I didn't know any of that. It yeah. was just great to me. Still and is. That, and that's what's great about music. It's universal. And what's great music is great music. And there's no way around it. It doesn't need boundaries. Yeah. And, and I love the ownership of music in my own, uh, in my own being, like it, it, it's going to mean something different to me than it does to other people. Right. And I love that, that it can be translated a bazillion different ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you guys are taking, uh, or back on the road. You guys have some shows coming up. Uh, so February 25th, you're in Jim Thorpe, uh, PA, then the next night, Altoona PA, and then out here in California, Montclair at the yep. Canyon. Right. But um, guys also have a residency coming up. We're going to get to yep. in a moment. The, the show, the, your actual touring shows, though, what are fans going to be able to hear the new music mixed with the old? Uh, well, I mean, we again, we're very respectful of, of our past. Uh, we don't we will never be ones to deny uh, where we came from and what we created. Uh, and everybody that's been involved since day one to where we're at now, it's all part of the evolution of, of a band. And luckily we've been able to exist and people still want to hear our music. And so we know, like, we're very aware of, of uh, the, you know, the 18 and lives and the monkey business and the youth gone wild. We're, of course, that's what people, a lot of people want to hear, but I think there is a smaller albeit smaller audience, but I'm still, there's still an audience that wants to hear some new stuff. And so mm-hmm. we'll sprinkle some stuff in there, especially, I think, especially during the residency. Yeah. And you guys are playing with uh, the Scorpions and oh yeah. Vegas. What's, I mean, I know uh, Queensryche was initially on that. You guys came on. What was that like to get that call? Like, Hey, you guys want to do Vegas? Well, the one of my favorite bands of all time that we've only ever been able to do one show with, which was the Moscow Music Peace Festival in 1989. And they have they have had a profound influence on me dating back to the their first live record, Tokyo Tapes, which mm-hmm. I don't think people are aware of. And then. You know, things like, uh, uh, what was the first record? Lonesome Crow, if I believe, was was that the very first record they ever did with Michael Shanker? Yeah. Is that the name of it? Uh, I can find out for you. But uh, I may be sure. wrong on that. But I, I, anyway, they've had a, a, they were a huge influence on me throughout the years. And mm-hmm. 
just such great songwriters, so many great identifiable songs. And you never mistake another band for the Scorpions. They are their own entity. They are their, uh, uh, their own selves and nobody else sounds like the Scorpions. Right. Um, all around from their from their tone of the the guitars to Klaus's voice to the song structure it's uh undeniably them so it's an honor to be to be on shows with them um i think that uh i'm such a huge fan that i will be on the side of the stage every night and uh fanboying out the whole mm-hmm. time <laughs> and just soaking up uh the greatness that they that they are yeah will this be a uh, will the production be different than the other tour dates yeah we're working that out right now we're actually still in the process of that uh hmm. communicating back and forth with their production camp and seeing what we can and can't do but i show you know I, we've always been about the energy and the and the, the performance of of uh our show it's never mm-hmm. it's never been uh i mean when there was a point in time where we had you know concussion bombs and all the pyro and moving stairs and i loved it and we were you know kids in a, in, in, in toyland and yeah uh, i don't think that this is uh the space that we're able to pull off anything like that but that being said um we still have that same exuberance and energy that we had you know, years ago. And I think that's mm-hmm. what people expect out of the band. And we're going to have to really, you know, every night we're going to have to be at our very, very best because the Scorpions are up next. So we yeah. better be really good. Yeah. And it's nine dates with them that I've, I'm seeing here, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you guys are back out on the road. You've got a, a, a date with, uh, or you got Live to Rock Tour. You actually got Warrant Winger, Quiet Riot on that one and some festivals. I mean, you guys got to be excited to finally be back on the road. It's What's the, it? it's, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, uh, no. I apologize. It for, for us, you know, those first couple shows back, you're just going, man, I can't believe how much I really, really missed this, uh, being around your buds and, you know, getting, getting the chance to play music, uh, for people again. Uh, it's very humbling and, we have so much gratitude towards the audience and so much respect for them that they allow us to play music. Like it's because of them, we get to do this for a living and that doesn't get lost for one second on us. So having the opportunity to go back out as long as the audience is safe uh, and our crew and every, all the stage and stuff, as long as everybody's safe and, and we're taking the proper precautions to make sure that everyone stays healthy. And, you know, you go there to, you know, listen and, and, and be a part of the, of the music. You don't go there to get sick. So we right. want to make sure that everybody's, everybody's cool. Will you guys be doing uh, meet and greets? I know a lot of bands had started it and then they suspended it with, you know, the ups and downs with this thing. We're not doing it right now because we're still on that uh, uh, unlevel ground right now as far as where Mm -hmm. this whole thing is going. We're very uh, optimistic, but it's um, it's not something we're we're completely comfortable with from a a fan standpoint and our own standpoint as well. I I don't think that we have 
the correct, we can have the correct uh, pieces in place in order to make that a great experience. No, totally. I, yeah, I know some artists offer VIP meet and greets and then they were rescinding the meet and greet option just because things are just too volatile still. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I want to talk briefly about um, your limited edition Atlantic Years box set. Um, it came out last year, five CDs, seven LPs, and it's got B-sides, it's got Subhuman Race, and it's even got a live concert of that. What involvement, if any, did you did the band have in that? And it, does this perhaps deplete the archives from the Atlantic Years? Ooh, that's a good question. As far as audio goes, I would say yes. Um, it probably is a large percentage of, of what we created in our time with Atlantic. There's a bunch of demos that were recorded before we were signed that helped to get us signed that haven't, you know, they're probably surfaced on YouTube uh, here and there. I've heard some stuff, but as far as uh, uh, there's a ton, a ton of video footage uh, that we have in storage. Um, and I'm sure uh, on the on the masters um, and the, the, the reels from the from the records, there's got to be a bunch of outtakes uh, as well. As far as our involvement, we listened to the mastering the audio from the mastering because here's the thing because uh we uh owns you know wea owns the rights to our music mm -hmm. they can do it with or without our involvement you know that's just the way that it is that's the shitty right. part of the music business and, and that's what you give up at the very beginning it, it's not so much anymore uh which i think is wonderful that that there's still a uh an opportunity for independent artists to uh, sidestep the the major label machine. We found that back in the day when we were when we wanted to be a part of a major label and the, and the machine that that is. Uh, and I I don't have any regrets about it. Uh, it you know without that who knows how successful or unsuccessful we would have been. But that being said, the give and take is they take that your masters. So. Mm -hmm. We were involved on a just on a on an audio basis to make sure that the running orders were correct and the sound quality was really important. And we sent them back numerous times, uh, and it was a, it was a hassle, to be quite honest. Hmm. Uh, there was something getting lost in the line of communication, but we were finally able to get it to a point where we were satisfied with it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of uh, bands that have remastered material, they listen to it, and the remastered audio just doesn't even hold a candle to the original. So some will, they'll just reissue it unremastered, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. For me, unless it's like, a, a, it's like now they're doing, you know, this 13-1 Dolby Atmos uh, mm -hmm. mixes which I've been privy to hear, and it's insane how they're going to uh, pull that off with a normal stereo is beyond me. It's beyond uh, way above my pay grade. Yeah. But if, it, we, if we were able to do stuff like that, I'm still a fan of the way that it was back in the day because that 
brings you back to that specific place and time mm -hmm. of when you opened up the CD and put it in or listened to the album or whatever. Like that is a really special part. So I wouldn't want to denigrate that in any way, even though maybe the master may sound better. I'm, I'm personally, I'm still a fan of, of the original content and how it was recorded and, and presented because yeah. it, we took a lot of time with it back then. And the people that were involved with our records, you know, Michael Wagner and, and the engineers that were involved in that really took a painstaking amount of time uh, to get it, to get it, you know, to where, where we were very excited about it being released in that form. Right. And I know a lot of uh, artists have also done the like 5.1 surround and they do like a Blu-ray audio or DVD audio and they include the videos. That would be cool to see on, on your I would like to see that too. And all we could do, unfortunately, is suggest it. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope at some point in time we're able to change that sort of chain of command, if you will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a business thing and, and no one wants to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, totally. Well, I got one more question for you and it involves your past a little bit. Um, big Bon Jovi fan here. I know you guys, great friends. Are you guys still great friends? You guys still yes, we are. talking everything? Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. We're still, we text every day or I should say every day. We text each other like every other day and oh, just great verbally abuse each other like that's the <laughs> that's our relationship is just seeing who can get over on the other guy and that goes back to, i mean we're, we're talking we've been friends 45 years 46 years now mm. and so that i think that his relationship with me is unique in that sense you know because mm -hmm. everybody knows the the bigger than the world rock star java joey I know the guy that lived up the street from me, you know, while I was growing up yeah. that I played basketball with and baseball with. And, and he uh, introduced me to guitar and he was the impetus for me learning my first chords. He taught me my first chords on guitar. Oh, wow. Um, and so, and our friendship has, has stayed strong since that. And I think that it will always be that way. Like I know that no matter what, if I pick up the phone and call him that the phone is going to be answered. Like mm -hmm. there, there's no rock star bullshit between right. him and I, uh, and there never was, and there never will be, you know, because we'll both tell each other to go screw ourselves. If any one of us ever put up any sort of, you know, elitist sort of, uh, uh, connotations with our, in regards to our relationship or, our lives in general like we keep each right. other very very grounded oh it's great to hear because he, yeah. he seems like he's a world-class guy as well and it's been my best bud since forever and i'm still proud to call him one of my best buds well maybe we need to see another skid row bon jovi tour before too long oh uh, man i would love it i would love it if we could do it it's funny he starts his tour april 1st and i was gonna bug him to take us out but we're and he's only doing 15 shows, but we're with the Scorpion. So that wouldn't be mm. viable. But he does a great thing with that, though. Like he has local bands come out and play. And I think that's yeah. awesome because some of these bands may never, ever, ever get the chance to play on a stage like that in front of that many people in front in in their hometown or home city. So I think that's amazing because that experience 
is unlike any other to be, you know, that's why I, I think that we're so humbled uh, by everything that we've been able to uh, experience and accomplish because there's no greater feeling than that, to be honest, to, to, to be in front of, you know, people that love your music and, and be on that big stage and running around like a crazy person and mm-hmm. you know, seeing the joy that music can bring to a group of people. Yeah, I'm a drummer myself. Haven't played live anywhere in a decade, I guess. But uh, it was always fun being up there and just doing your thing and being at home, so to speak. You know, exactly. Awesome. That's a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Snake, anything else you want to add, man? You know, I hope people. Uh, uh, well, I want to thank everybody, first of all, for uh, all the support throughout the history of the band and all the ups and downs that that we've encountered together. Uh, and I, I'm, you know, incredibly grateful and, and humbled by the fact that we're still able to play music for a living and that people still care enough to allow us to do that. And I hope everyone gets uh, gets a chance to check out our new record. And like I said, the, the first uh, drop of, of music for the new record will be available in uh, the second or third week of March. And then the record itself should be available September 16th. Well, sounds sounds awesome. I'm going to try to catch uh, one of your California shows. I'm in Bakersfield, so I got to figure out how far Montclair is from me. And yeah, man, you have to. You uh, you're going to be uh, you're in corn country out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, they got Corn Row right behind the the uh, the uh, big arena we've got in town. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's got their logo on it. it says Corn Row. It's pretty neat. That's really cool. Well. <laughs> yeah. Should change it to Skid Row. What? <laughs> well, I was almost down at Skid Row a couple weeks ago when we were in LA. So I'm like, yeah, ah, uh, right up their alley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, well, it was absolute pleasure chatting with you. Best of luck. Looking forward to the new music, seeing hopefully a show this year. And uh, you guys stay safe and take care. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for the support. Absolutely. Here's the thing, buddy. Cowboy hats are not just for country music, okay? Rockers wear them too. We had age. We yeah. had age from do you really want? Do you really wigwam? Wigwam. Yes, they wear cowboy hats, and they are a glam metal band. So I don't want to hear that this wasn't the right <laughs> interview for this. I know, was, Brett Michaels this wears was one fun. too. Right? Yeah, I know, Brett. Yeah, so so I yeah. know. I was just making fun of you because I. You popped on with a cowboy hat. I'm like, okay. Uh, Admittedly, what's better? <laughs> what's better? This situation or this situation? Come on now. Well, <laughs> I don't know what's better, this situation or this situation. <laughs> you're not, you're not Crystal Gale, so shoulder length. Um, it, it'll continue to grow. That's how I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking hair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt and I need to go wash my brain out with soap. Never a dull moment with you, whether we're remote or on the phone or we're in person. Oh, all right. Well, I hope you enjoyed it with Snake from Skid Row. Be sure to check them out on tour and uh, their forthcoming album coming out later this year. New music before that, of course. Um, buddy, thanks for listening or watching on socials. Hit that like, subscribe, and share button, and check us out at themusicuniverse.com. Take care. Uh-huh.